What's up, everybody? This is your boy Donovan, and welcome back to Daily Dose. I know it's been a while since I've been on here. Thank you guys for joining, and let the fun begin. All right, well, we're more than a quarter of a way through the NBA season, and a lot of teams aren't looking exactly as good as we thought they would look, or at least I thought they would look. And a lot of teams and players aren't looking as bad as I thought they would look. So, today I want to go with the big surprises and the biggest disappointments in the NBA so far. I kind of waited till we were over 20 games through the season because the first half of the season is always kind of crazy. Uh, a lot of teams are getting uh, like the feel of each other, feel of other players, kind of hashing things out. But usually beyond the 20-game mark, you kind of figure out what the team actually is or what they're going to become in the future. So, first, I want to go with the biggest surprises. And to me right now, although they were a good team last year, I personally think the Toronto Raptors are the biggest surprise, one of the biggest surprises in the NBA right now. They have the best record in the league. They're playing phenomenal defense like always. And although they lost Dwayne Casey, who was very innovative last year with with the way he used his his bench and his different players and his offensive schemes and defensive schemes, they have a new coach, and they haven't missed a beat. Uh, they lost arguably their best player. Some people might say their second-best player in DeMar DeRozan, but they replaced him with Kawhi Leonard, who is, of course, of course, a better player. But he's coming off a quad injury that people didn't know what to expect from him. But he's been playing phenomenal. Kyle Lowry, who hasn't been playing the greatest lately, but throughout the season he's been playing phenomenal. Danny Green has been doing the same thing he's always done with the Spurs which is play defense and knock down open shots. And I think Pascal Siakam is probably the biggest surprise on that team so far. No one probably expected him to make the jump that he did. And the Raptors, they're looking like the team to beat in the East right now. Not going to lie, coming into the season, I thought it was going to be either Boston or Philadelphia. Boston has disappointed. Uh, Lately, they've been coming around. But overall, as a season standpoint, they've definitely disappointed. Philadelphia is kind of exactly where I thought they would be. I didn't think they would be great, but I didn't think any other team in the East would be great either outside of Boston. And I think Philly, I thought Philly had the best chance at beating Boston, but now I feel like it's the Raptors East to lose. I don't feel like any of those teams, at least at this current moment, are better solid teams than Toronto. From their starters to their bench, I think, they play very cohesive, and they play a great brand of basketball. Um, the second uh, surprise of the season is Luka Doncic. And a lot of people, I'm not into Euro basketball, so I didn't watch Luka Doncic at all. I watched a lot of these of these other rookies just because I love college basketball. But when it comes to Euro basketball, I didn't watch it. And the fact that he won MVP in the league that he was in, I didn't put any stock into that. I kept hearing everyone say, well, this is the second toughest league in the world and how he was a young kid, he was a teenager, and this, that, and the third. But although I'm against watching highlights to dissect a player, with Luka, that's all I had. I I didn't have any game film. So what I saw in the highlights, it wasn't impressing me. The way he was scoring, his defense, I just thought he was going to be too slow, too flat-footed. I didn't think he would be athletic enough. I thought when the athleticism and the speed in the NBA actually came at him, he would fold. And I was wrong. 
So far this year, Luka is averaging 18, 6, and 5, which is great, especially for a rookie, but even for a veteran player. If you were a veteran averaging 18, 6, and 5, granted, you wouldn't be looked at as a superstar, but that's a solid season for anyone. So he's definitely impressing me, shooting 43% from the field, 35% from three, and 77% from the free throw line. And you can look at his body and tell that he's not even in the best shape that he's going to be in in his NBA career. When you look at guys like Giannis and KD and Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, like these were guys that put on a, either put on a lot of weight put on a lot of muscle or lost a lot of weight to keep up with the competition, and their game has definitely improved because of it. Giannis is bullying people. KD, he's not being blown around the court like he used to when he first came into the league. Rudy Gobert is a force on the inside. DeMarcus Cousins slimmed down. He was able to move around the court easier. Same thing with Draymond Green. So once Luka Doncic actually gets in his his physical prime, I think he's going to be – a superstar in the league, and he's going to be a force for a long time. Um, another big surprise will be the Clippers. To me, the Clippers currently have a roster that has no former All-Stars, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Doc River has his team playing at a phenomenal level. Now, granted, lately they have fell off, uh, which is expected, but they're still... In the playoff race in the East, me in the West, they're the sixth seed behind the Portland Trailblazers. Um, although I don't see them competing for any titles or anything, no championships anytime soon, I definitely think that the Clippers and their brand of basketball has definitely been pleasant for me to watch. Uh, Tobias Harris, who I always thought was a great player, he's been playing good. Boban Marjanovic has been playing good. Of course, Lou Williams has been playing good. Montrez Harrell is probably their most underrated player. He does all the dirty work for him off the bench, whether it's rebounds, blocks. He's just their hustle glue guy. And I think Doc Rivers is hes coaching his team past their expectations. If you were to look at um, preseason rankings, you wouldn't see the Clippers anywhere near the playoffs. People told me that the Lakers might not make the playoffs, which is crazy. But some people were, were – Believing that the Lakers might not make the playoffs, let alone the Clippers. So the Clippers are definitely a present surprise. Um, another big surprise that if you watch basketball, it shouldn't really be a surprise. But since they had a bad year last year, a down year, it's probably a surprise to a lot of people. And it's the Memphis Grizzlies. Last year, they won 22 games all year. This year so far, they've already won 16 games and they're the seventh seed in the West. Granted, Mike Conley isn't the same exact player that he was pre-injury, but he's damn good. Uh, Jaron Jackson, I love. Dylan Brooks, I love. Marcus Hall, I love. I just think that Memphis team is definitely playing above their expectations. No one expected them to be competing for a playoff spot in the West, uh, especially not this deep into the season. Like I said, the first month, first couple of games, a team can get hot when four of the first five and then going on a massive losing streak. Happened to the Pistons last year. They got hot. They were, I want to, I want to say, 12-5 and five at one point, and then they fell completely off the face of the earth, didn't even make the playoffs. 
So it happens often, but this deep into a season, I feel like Memphis is a for real team, and they're definitely on the rise. Like I said, I don't see them competing for a championship anytime soon, but I do see them giving the team a hard time in the playoffs. Um, And the last person who I feel like is surprising a lot of people, especially me, is Zach Levine. (laughs) Um, If you remember, he was part of that young Minnesota core, him, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. They were part of the core that was supposed to be the future of Minnesota. He tore his ACL, and he was essentially thrown in with Chris Dunn for the Jimmy for Jimmy Butler. And, of course, Jimmy Butler is a better player, but Minnesota pretty much gave up on him. He tore his ACL. He wasn't playing at a great level. And even last year when he first came back with the Bulls, the few games he did play, he, he scored the ball, but he wasn't really efficient with how he was scoring. But to start off the year, he was on a torrid pace. At one point, he was leading the league in scoring. Of course, that's, that's slowed down a little bit. The Bulls are kind of dysfunctional right now. But he's averaging 23, 4 rebounds, and 4.8 assists a game, which are all career highs for him. Uh, I feel like he's he's on a bad team, so of course his numbers are a little bolstered by that. But he's playing phenomenal ba- phenomenal basketball. And if he keeps it up, he has a chance, a chance to be an all-star. So to me, those are the biggest surprises of the NBA this far. And next I'm getting to the biggest disappointments. All right, and now it is time for our biggest disappointments. And a lot of the people on these lists or the things on these lists, I feel like for the majority of NBA fans or basketball fans or anyone that's followed the sport, especially last year or going into the offseason, we will probably agree on these. Um, the first, the ones I want, to, the one I want to start with is the Houston Rockets. Now, granted, as of late, they've been on a slight tear. They've won four straight. They're playing pretty good basketball, but they started off the year slow. I feel like they used Carmelo Anthony as a scapegoat. Like I said, granted, they did. They have won the last four, but I don't think he was what their issue was. I feel like Houston relied too much on the three ball early in the year. And they weren't falling how they were falling last year. Last year, Houston finished the regular season with the best record in the West, and now they're at the bottom of the barrel for playoff teams in the West. Now, granted, the season's still longer, still a longer road ahead of them. And I definitely feel like they'll make up pace or make up ground. I'm sorry. They'll make up ground for the rest of the year. But I, I do feel like so far, Houston is one of the most disappointing teams in the NBA so far, with Eric Gordon struggling, Chris Paul, his the contract they gave him looks like a complete disaster for the Rockets so far. He's nowhere near the player that he was even last year. I don't know what it is. Maybe his um, his calf, his hamstring is still acting up. Maybe he's not 100%, but Houston has to figure it out. James Harden, who is putting up a lot of – his numbers look really good, but then when you look at him – Leading the league in turnovers, that has to be cut down. And by a wide margin. He has the most turnovers by a wide margin. And he missed five games this year. So, I I think that's kind of crazy for the Rockets. Um, I do feel like I said, come February, March, I feel like they'll be a whole different team. They'll be on a whole different path. But as of now, I feel like they are one of the most disappointing teams in the league. Um, second was a player that I had high hopes from, even from the day he was drafted. 
Um, he had a lot of injury issues, and I didn't feel like that was his fault. Well, of course, when the player gets injured, typically never their fault. But this year, he definitely let me down, and that's Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker signed two years, $40 million with the Bulls, with the second year being a team option. So, of course, they're most likely not going to pick up that option. He's already fell out of the Bulls' rotation. The Bulls are a bad team. They're not a good team. They're not competing for a playoff spot. So seeing that, especially from a young kid, he's not a veteran, it, it's kind of puzzling. It, to me, that shows the players not buying into the system, the coach's system. And even before that, even before he fell out of the rotation, he wasn't playing the best basketball, averaging 15 points a game, 6.9 rebounds, and 2.3 assists, which doesn't, to me, sounds like a player that should be making $40 million a year. And he's... He was shooting 45% from the field, 30% from three, and 72% from the free throw line. His defense has been absolutely atrocious. Probably one of the worst off-ball defenders I've seen in a long time. He's he's almost like a revolving door. Like I said, Jabari Park, I feel like his career definitely has a lot of promise. Um, if he can figure it out on the defensive end. And with him falling out of the Bulls rotation, I think he has to find a team or a coach where he can buy into the system. Um, before he left Milwaukee, not last year, two years ago, uh, after the injury, I feel like he was playing great basketball. I feel like he didn't want to be in Giannis's shadow. Giannis was clearly emerging as the best player on that team. But Jabari was playing some pretty good basketball. And if he can get back to that level where he's averaging over 20 points a game, shooting the deep ball at a fairly decent clip, and working his body into great shape, I feel like he could be a – a star in the league. I definitely feel like Jabari Park can still be a star. He's under 25. He has all of the offensive tools that are necessary. I feel like it's the defensive end that he really needs to work on. And I feel like he'll be good. But right now, he's definitely one of the biggest disappointments of this NBA season. Um, The third team I want to talk about, or the third organization, is the Washington Wizards. With John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Otto Porter making the type of money that they make first, and with the talent that they have, those three, there's no way your team should be 12-9, and especially in the East. Now, granted, you have the Raptors, you have the Sixers, and you have the Celtics. Those three teams are they're, they're great teams. They're, they're really good teams. But outside of that, what other good teams are in the East? The Pacers aren't a great team. The Pistons aren't a great team. I, I don't see why they're struggling so much. I feel like there's definitely there definitely be some type of shakeup on the roster. And I know they just traded Austin Rivers and uh, Kelly Oubre to the Phoenix Suns, but with the way this core has been playing together, I I don't see why they can't get it done. I don't see why they they're not one of the top four teams in the East. They have just as much talent as really any other top team in the East. John Wall, before this year, a lot of people were saying he was a top five point guard. Bradley Bill is top five shooting guard. Otto Porter is one of the premier 3 and D players in the league. I mean, when he was a restricted free agent, granted, a lot of teams didn't go after him just because of his restrictions, you know, restricted free agent, Washington being able to match any offer. But he was he's highly talked about around the league. Uh, the Nets went after him, and, of course, I'm sorry, it might have been the Kings. And, of course, Washington matched that offer. But I don't see why that three, 
just that that core itself can't get it done the way they're supposed to. It just doesn't make sense to me. And the last team on this list is a team that a lot of people told me before the season started that they could possibly be the second best team in the West since the Rockets got rid of Trevor Ariza. They could be one of the top five teams in the NBA. They'll be a threat to the Warriors. And I heard a lot of stuff about this team, and I was kind of buying into it. I saw how they played last year, and that would be the Utah Jazz. Uh, Last year, the Jazz were number one in defensive efficiency, defensive rating. This year, they're number eight. Uh, As of late, they've been playing better basketball on the defensive end, but I, I, I don't see how they're not putting it together. They're 14 and 17 on the year. And if the season ended right now, they wouldn't even be a playoff team. Um, I, I feel like their real issue is they don't have a secondary score. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is kind of going to do a lot of things. Ricky Rubio is their playmaker, but he's not really looked at as a scoring threat. If he could be the same Rubio that played last year in the playoffs against the Thunder, I feel like the Jazz would be a much better team. Last year against the Thunder, he was great. He was great against Russell Westbrook. He handled the pressure. He shot the ball well. He took care of the ball. He defended well. He passed well. If they can get that Rubio back, uh, I feel like the Jazz, just like I spoke about the Rockets earlier, around February, March, no one's going to want to come and play them or going to want them to come in their house, regardless if they're home, their home team or the away team. But as of now, I feel like they're definitely massively underachieving. And they're they're they need to trade for a wing. They need a wing. They need another playmaker that's off ball, someone that can create for himself, someone that can go out there and get a bucket. They have the, the defensive front. I guess being eighth in defensive efficiency isn't terrible. Although most people thought they would be one of the top five teams again. But being eighth, you're right outside of the top five. But I, I do feel like they need another wing. So those are my disappointments of the NBA so far. Um, if you have any feedback, leave a comment. I definitely want to know what you guys think. Thank you for listening. Peace.